can be seated. Micah and Kaylee, y'all don't mess it up. All right. Man, we could just dismiss church after that. That's exciting. And we've got some really exciting things uh, also coming up that uh, I'm, I'm very, very pumped to share with you. Um, if you're ready for the word this morning, say, I'm ready. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to write something down, okay? Because I've watched the way you live and you just need some help, all right? <laughs> I'm excited. We're kicking off a new series today, and it is called Rooted. Everybody say Rooted. And the goal of this series is for us to do a root check and a fruit check, if you will, in our lives, almost a spiritual inventory in our lives. Because here, here's the truth, and I want you to get this. You go ahead and write this down. The fruit of your life is directly connected to the root of your life. Say it again. The root of your, or the fruit of your life is directly connected to the, the root of your life, meaning your roots determine what? Your fruits. I always say, man, check the fruit. Check the fruits. It's vital to check and see the fruit. As humans, we tend to want to do surface work where our Lord actually wants to go deep to the, the root of things. Have y'all realized that? I know for me, I, I tend to just want to address the fruit and my life, and God wants to get to the roots and, and go deep. And last week, if you weren't here, we asked the question, what does God want to do in you and through you this year? As we go into the new year, I, I don't want just goals and, and, and resolutions and aspirations. Even those things are great. Those, I'm not saying those are bad things. I want the presence of God in my life. Anybody else? I want to know what God's will is, not my own will, and not what I can conjure up myself. We want heaven's ideas, not our own. That's what we're believing for. We read Luke 13 last week, and we learned a simple lesson to let God dig you. It was bad grammar. Let God what? Dung you, D-U-N-G, fertilize you. And, and then for us to do our part, if you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to go back and listen to it on YouTube. It'll stick with you for the rest of your life. Uh, let God dig around you. Dig up some things that need to be dug up to, to, to kind of change your root system a little bit and help you grow deep into the things of God. And let God dung you. Everybody say dung you. It's just fun. Just you ha have fun in church. You can laugh and smile a little bit. Let God dung you. That's the things that you've been through. It's the pain, it's, it's the trials, it's the whatever it may be in your life, it is actually fertilizer for your future if you put it in the hands of God. And he will help you grow, and we are to do our part. We read the, the parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. This set up the entire series. And he went out to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree, and I have not found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. The, the, the King James says, I'll dig around it, and I'll dung it, all right? Dig around it and dung it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then then cut it down. Let God dig you. Let God dung you. And you got to do your part. That, that kind of set up the series. And 
Kendra and I have been trying to do our part. We, we try to take some time at the beginning of the year, and I encourage you, if you haven't done this, to do this. Um, we try to get alone. We, we try to pawn our kids off on someone for the day, get a babysitter, and uh, we want to we hear from the Lord. I think it's important to hear from God as you go into a new season or a new year. And so we, we try to get silent, and we try to get still, and you know how that goes sometimes. And and uh, so we, we get to the end of the day, we end up at this coffee shop, and Kendra, we're sitting up at this Starbucks on Weddington, and, uh, and we're sitting at this table, and Kendra looks at me, and she says, I need you to go to another table. And I'm like, rude, you know, <laughs> we're going to work on the fruit of the Spirit in you. And, uh, and so she said, I, I just can't focus, you're distracting me. I was like, I'm not doing anything. And she was like, you're just looking at me. And I was like, uh, whatever. So I go across the coffee shop, and she's like, no, sit across from me. I still want to be able to see you. I'm like, what in the world? So I sit like at a table close by to her, and I can't stop just looking over there, you know. I'm like, it's, you know, she put me in timeout in public, like, <laughs> And, uh, and so we end up coming back together, and uh, we had some things written out, what we believe was from the Lord. And I want to encourage you to do that. Take some time to get before God and ask what he wants for your life this year. And, uh, and I noticed on the table, she had all these little crumbled up pieces of paper. And I'm like, I didn't know if those were goals that didn't make the cut or like, you know, what was going on. And, and, uh, and it's very interesting. We were hanging out with the Laughing Houses, uh, Terry and Cheryl. If you haven't met them, they're amazing people. You need to get to know them. Would you all raise your hands real quick? They're going to be mad I did this, but you all need to get to know them. Love them to death. We were having breakfast with them recently, and we noticed that they do the family tradition uh, every year. I think it's at the beginning of December. Uh, that all of their kids, their family, they draw out of a, a hat, so they gamble around Christmas time. And uh, I'm kidding. And they draw out fruits of the Spirit. And whatever one they draw out is the one that they need to focus on and draw attention to. And so we were like, man, this is really cool. Like, we want to do this. Maybe I need to do this every month and uh, maybe draw every one of them, you know. And so Kendra's like, draw out of my hand. And I'm like, is this what you sent me across the coffee shop for? And so she, I draw out of her hand, and I draw goodness. I'm like, goodness gracious, I don't even know what that is. You know, like, what, how, how can I be good? And another way is to say it is generosity. So being generous. Um, so that's what I'm going to focus on. Y'all can hold me to it, okay? And Kendra drew, and hers had all the fruit of the Spirit on it. I'm like, yeah, that's right, you know? And uh, no, she drew patience, and I was like, good luck with that one, with our son. And so we're, we're going to try to focus on those things uh, this month and grow in those, but this is something I've realized in walking with God, that it, it can become so tempting and so easy to just relive the same exact year over and over again. Like, just reliving the things of your faith and your walk with God that you did in years past and, and just repeating it over and over. And back in the day, in school days, we called it remedial classes. Anybody have a, I, I had remedial math and even in college, and uh, remedial science. And, and we have a thing in living for God, I would even call it remedial faith. It's reliving and relearning the lessons that God taught you last year because you didn't grasp them. And for me, I've done this over and over, and it's almost like I'm doing the same thing, it's just a different year, the same thing, just a different, different time frame and a different mentality, but, but there's no change. There's nothing new. I would even say that it has almost like a stale and crusty version of my relationship with God. I'll say it this way. There's no new challenges. This may relate with you. There's no new faith journey. There's no growth in the word. 
no growth in prayer, no spiritual disciplines, no revelation, no leading other people to Jesus, no change in my home, no change in my finances, no change in my habits, just kind of serving, just kind of giving a little as I feel led, just, just kind of doing the whole church thing. And maybe you hear that and you're like, you know, I can, I can resonate with that. Maybe not really doing anything other than just knowing that I'm saved by the grace of God and I'm going to heaven and I'm just kind of content with that. And this is how a lot of us go about our life. And this happens because there is a, a direct disconnect between what we believe is true about God and what we live out in our relationship with God. There is a disconnect from our head and our heart. There's a disconnect about what we hear on a Sunday and what we do on a Monday. Anybody else? Like, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. But remember, James tells us, don't just be hearers of the word. What does he say? But do it. Be, be doers of the word. We are to be rooted this year. Colossians 2 tells us in verse 6, So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. Everybody say continue. This is a process. This is a process because you do not arrive to a place of no longer needing God's help. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This word, this, this verse really projects what we believe will happen in this church this year, that people will receive Jesus as Lord. Can I get an amen? Some of that will happen today, that you will continue to live your life in Jesus, that you will be rooted in Jesus, that you will be built up in Jesus, strengthened in your faith in Jesus, and then you would overflow with thankfulness because of all that God has done. That verse is powerful. I believe that God wants to do that. Honestly, that's kind of the series in a nutshell, so spoiler alert. But here's the deal. At the beginning of the year, you have the opportunity to hit a reset button. You can kind of reset your physical things. You can reset your, your spiritual mindset, your, your family, your money, the way you spend, your marriage, your attitude, whatever it may be. But there's like this inner gnawing that happens on the inside of you that says, you may have heard this before, but something's got to change. Anybody ever felt that? Like, you just don't know what it is, so you start asking questions and Something's got to give. Like, I'll say it this way. If you don't lean into the word and lean into the spirit of God, you'll, you'll end up settling for superficial change and, and instead of supernatural change. Did you know that there is a significant difference between those two? There's a big difference between superficial and supernatural. The new car is not going to make you happy the rest of your life, Okay. The addition to your home or the, the new hairstyle or the newest skinny jeans or, or baggy jeans or whatever it may be, it's not going to change you. It's superficial. God wants to do a deep work in you. That's supernatural. We, we settle for superficial when God has something supernatural. I want to ask you a question. How do you measure the wins in your relationship with God? This is like coach talk today. Coach Seth is coming to you, okay? How, how do you measure the wins? What is a win? It means when you're, when you're going the right direction, when you're doing the right things in your walk with God, in your life, in your family, when you're on the right track, it is so vital to know how to win. And I think so often we can 
live this faith journey and not really know if we're making an impact. Not really knowing, are, are we, is the church really even doing anything? God, is that you? <laughs> are we really doing anything? Like, is, are we making an impact? Is, is, and this is what we go back to. It's the Great Commission. This sets everything up for, the, for what we're going into this series. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So what is the win? To go make what? Disciples. Go make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them the word of God and how to live their life. But before you go make disciples, you have to first be what? A disciple. Because it is absolutely impossible to reproduce what you are not. You have to first be a disciple. You can't make a disciple if you aren't a disciple. I love that Jesus didn't say, go make converts. Go preach the gospel. Get people to raise their hand and receive Jesus and call it done. Go, go let's just make a bunch of Christians and get in a huddle and, and tickle each other and talk about God. That's not what he said. He said what? Go make disciples. And we can hear this verse so many times in church, we forget the power of it. Go into the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them everything that I've told you, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to send you a helper. It's so important that we lay this foundation as we go into rooted series, because we could ask the question, why do we even need to be rooted? Why do I even want to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life? John tells us this, that our proof of being disciples is the fruit in our lives. The fruit in your lives will tell you a lot. Amen? Like, the fruit in your marriage will tell you a lot. Before you get into that relationship, young person, check for fruit. And all the older people said, amen. Oh, wow, y'all are with me. (laughs) Before you join a new job, Check for fruit. Before you make a big decision, check the fruit because the fruit will tell you everything. The fruit will tell you where the roots are and where the roots are not. John 15, 8, it says, This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Bear much fruit. Bear means to carry. I want you to write that down. It means to carry. And speaking of caring, does anybody know the golden rule in life, it's not to love one another. You know, that's probably it, but it's that you make one trip from the car to the house with those groceries, okay? There's two types of, this is a freebie, all right? There are two types of people in the world. There's 10 trippers, and there's, where are my one trippers at? Yeah, y'all got them smushed eggs, smushed bread, and y'all done busted a milk carton, and you're cussing, all right? Where's my 10 trippers? Y'all are very steady and win the race. Yeah, we're judging y'all, all all right? Um, (laughs) That has nothing to do with the message. To carry, all right? To bear means to carry. Y'all didn't even know you could open that doorknob with your foot, all right? You you try some weird stuff. You look like a pack mule, and you're hoping your neighbors aren't watching. They're watching you, and they're making fun of you, all right? To carry means that you are displaying to the world what is inside of you. 
People are looking at the fruit of your life and it's showing them what is on the inside of you. John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love is the proof. Your love is like the stamp of approval. It is, it is part of the fruit of the Spirit, the first one. It is the proof that you are his disciples. But listen, the same is true that when you do not love one another, people are like, but I thought they were Christ followers. What man? Why do they talk like that? I thought they said that they're disciples of Jesus. Like in their Instagram bio, there's a Bible verse, you know? <laughs> The same is true that when we do not bear the fruit, people start asking some questions. So what is all this about? If people can't see Jesus inside of you, they can't see Jesus inside of you. And so so what do we do? The fruit of the Spirit, write this down, the fruit of the Spirit is the residue of being close to Jesus, being connected to Jesus. We're going to unpack John 15 for the next month. I'm going to kind of touch on it a little bit today because this is the source of everything that we're going to talk about. The residue of being close to Jesus. What, what does that mean exactly? When you are connected to the root, which is Jesus, you can produce proper food. People will see the fruits and they will know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. It's very simple stuff. Jesus says, I want the world to know that you are my disciples by the way that you live your life. This is what it means. It means your life should look drastically different than the rest of the world. I'm going to say it again. It means your life should look drastically different than the rest of the world. You should walk different, talk different, act different, serve different, give different. Everything should be different as a Christ follower. I'll say it this way. If your life doesn't look different than the rest of the world that you live in, people don't know you follow Jesus unless you tell them. Well, I thought Jesus said to tell them. No, I think Jesus probably said more to show them. How do we show them? Bear the fruit of the Spirit. You want some people to ask questions at your job? Start serving them. Serve my coworkers? Yeah, the one that's really rude to you. Show them peace. Show them patience. Show them goodness. That's the one I'm working on, you know? <laughs> I double-dog dare you to, to, to show the fruit of the Spirit. But how do we bear the fruit? We have to be connected to the vine. So recap, I tell you all of that to set up the text for today. So when the win is making disciples, okay, you have to first be a disciple before you make disciples. People will know you are disciples because the fruit in your life, we bear fruit by being connected to the root. You should take one trip from the car to the house with the groceries, We bear fruit by being connected to the root, and we carry fruit so the world can see Jesus that lives inside of us. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Galatians 5 really unpacks it. In verse 16 through 17, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Paul's saying, get out of the driver's seat. I believe this is a word for somebody today, that going into the new year, you're still in the driver's seat. Y'all need to sing some Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. Like, because you don't drive good. <laughs> Let's, let God take the wheel. I dare you. 
to let the Holy Spirit lead your life. Get out of the driver's seat, move to the passenger seat, and, and get to a position of, God, you can have your way in my life. We talked about this the last couple weeks. Get on this, this position, this posture before the King of Kings. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. If you want me to take the pay cut, I'll take it. If you want me to do something different with my kids, I'll do it. If you want us to adopt, hey, we're going to adopt. I dare you to get out of the driver's seat. Let the Holy Spirit guide your, your life. The sinful nature wants to do evil is what it says, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. We see the conflict here. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Write this down. The fruit of the flesh are at war with the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> the fruit of the flesh are at war with the fruit of the Spirit. That's why we are to crucify our flesh unto Jesus. Be led by the Spirit. Let me tell you, if you are in the driver's seat of your life, it's bad news waiting to happen. Let God lead you. I dare you. Give him a year. See what he does. Verse 19, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This is like picture perfect. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, uh, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. It sounds like college. That sounds like college, okay? And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's bold. Our flesh wants to do evil, and the spirit of God within us wants to do good. Let God lead your life. Can somebody say amen? So there's two types of fruit in our life that are good. We have inner fruit and we have outer fruit. I want to unpack this. Inner fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, you may have grown up hearing this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The outer fruit, this is what people see in your life. I would say it's good works. It's good works. This is what Matthew says in chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see, are y'all tracking with me? That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Because when the fruit of the Spirit starts working on the inside of us, good works start to come out of us. Have y'all noticed this? The Holy Spirit's working within us. The fruit of the Spirit is being developed, and we're bearing good fruit, and we start doing good works. Inner fruit plus outer fruit equals what we want as believers, which is a harvest. Everybody say harvest. A harvest is where non-believers can taste and see that the Lord is good by just encountering you. It's when people can see your life and say, I want what they have. It's when people can see the goodness of God by the way you and your spouse and your kids live your life. They can see the fruit of our lives and get a glimpse of the goodness of God. They can see the fruit of your lives and begin to want what you have on the inside of you. They can see the fruit and get, almost get a little taste of heaven. Y'all ever been around somebody, you're like, I don't really want to be around them again. <laughs> Anybody? Some of y'all are like, yeah, I'm sitting right next to them. I'm just kidding. All right, don't do that. Don't do that. It's dangerous. 
But really, like, have you ever been around another believer that just kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth? Maybe they're not showing the rest of the world what they believe on the inside of them. We've all been in this place. I remember being around guys in, in Bible school. I've told y'all some stories, and, and I'm not going to share names or anything like that. Actually, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I remember getting radically saved, and, and I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to go study the Bible because you know nothing, which was true. And so I did. And I remember being in these classes, and I'd listen to these guys argue theology and their different stances on different things and this verse and that verse. And, and, and listen, I remember thinking, you guys look mad. You guys are angry. Y'all are disrespectful towards non-believers. You're harsh with your words towards them. I don't even know the last time I seen most of y'all smile, okay? And this is what I end, I end up telling a lot of them because I was new in the faith. Um, but this is why I tell you that. Outsiders and non-believers, they're watching your life. They are looking at the fruit of your life, not just the fruit of your lips, meaning they watch the way you live, not just the way you talk. And the last thing that, that the outsiders and, and people of this world, people who have not made Jesus the Lord of their life, the last thing they need is hypocritical Christians. Anybody ever encounter one of those? I've been one of those before. The last thing they need is someone whose life doesn't match what they say that they believe. This is when we begin to win souls for the kingdom of God, which, by the way, I'm very passionate about. Proverbs 11:30 it says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. I want to win souls this year. Anybody else? I want us to have to make room in this church this year because y'all are inviting so many people who were jacked up to church. I hope some of y'all seats get taken this year in church. There's someone sitting in my seat. I hope that happens. Ain't nobody got a seat in this church. <laughs> I, I want to win souls. All this points to John 15 and, and what we're going to dive into in this series. John 15 verse 1 says this. I, who is Jesus, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. God is the gardener, the father. He, he does the pruning, the cutting away, the lifting up, the, all of that. He is the gardener. He owns the vineyard. Jesus is the vine. And we are what? The branches. Yeah, you're a branch. We're just branches. And our job is to bear and carry the fruit. God, our Father, owns the vineyard. He's the boss. He's in charge. He's in the driver's seat. Let the, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Jesus is what? The vine. And we are the branches. This is foundational for what we're going to talk about the next several weeks. Jesus is teaching the disciples something very important. This picture of a branch and a vine, it's important for us to get this today. This indicates absolute dependence upon Jesus. The branch depends on the, the vine probably even more than a sheep depends on a shepherd. You want me to prove it to you? A sheep can wander off and still live. You cut off a branch, there's no way it can live. This imagery is so beautiful and so perfect. Think of a kid away from their parent. They can live, probably not for a very long time. They're probably going to get in some trouble. But you cut off a branch from the vine, there's no source of life. This is utter dependence upon Jesus. You have to know this. Jesus has zero desire to be an addition to your life. 
Jesus has no desire to just be a supplement on top of all the other things that you believe in this world. Jesus wants to be the sole source of life for your life. And I'm telling you, he's really good at it. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, ask around. Would y'all agree? Have you tried living on your own? I tried. Boy, I got stories. Some of them I can't even share here. Jesus wants to be the source in your life. He doesn't want to be an addition. And I've learned this. I was painting my son's room, which is why I think I got a crick in my neck this week. And I was in there painting and listening to worship. And I had this revelation. I got up my phone and started doing the, the voice to text thing because I had paint all over me. And this is what I realized is you will never in your faith outgrow your need for God. Never. The world that we live in teaches you how to become independent. You don't need nobody. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? You don't need to be desperate. Desperation is a sign of weakness. That's what the world teaches. You know what the Word of God teaches? The opposite. The Word of God, it teaches you how to be utterly dependent upon Jesus, who is the vine. We are the branches. It says that you actually need to be desperate before the King of Kings, the Word of God teaches you that desperation for God is actually strength. <laughs> and so if maybe you're here today, and you're checking your life for fruit, and you're like, Seth, I ain't got no good fruit. I don't have any joy. I don't have any peace. I don't have any patience. I definitely ain't got love. Can I encourage you to join with the church and connect to the vine of Jesus Christ? You can't produce fruit by yourself. We're going to unpack this. You never will mature to a place of being independent. You mature to a place of dependence upon Jesus. And that's it. We could just end it there. That's it. It's everything. Verse 2, he cuts off and he takes away, which this sounds so brutal, but it's really not. Every branch in me that bears no fruit cuts off. If you break it down in the original language, it means to lift up. What is, what is God saying here? What's Jesus saying? That, the, that Jesus comes alongside you because he is loving and he is full of grace and mercy for you. And the branches, the things in your life that aren't bearing fruit, he will lift you up. He actually sent the Holy Spirit to be a helper for you. And it says it produces no fruit before Jesus gets involved. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. Anybody ever been pruned before? It's painful. We're going to talk about that in the next couple weeks. It will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain, which also means abide in me. Jesus is talking as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says it again. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear what? Much fruit. Anybody want that? I do. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, and it's thrown into the fire and burned. This is a sign of the future and eternity. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my 
disciples. Are, y'all on the, are we on the same page today? We have to get this. In this passage, there's three types of followers, and we're going to spend the next several weeks unpacking this. There's a no fruit follower. Did you know that you can be connected to Jesus and be stale and, and dried up in your relationship with him? and bear no fruit. There's a no fruit follower of Jesus. Jesus wants to lift you up today and begin to work in you. There's another fruit follower. It's called the some fruit. Means that there are some fruit in your life and after the pruning and the cutting back of some things. Any any gardeners in here? You cut back some of the branches that begins to bear good fruit. And then the last one, there's there's much fruit. So there's no fruit, there's some fruit, and there's much fruit. Some of you, you're at the peak of your relationship with God. Keep on going that direction. But over the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about how to get connected to the vine, how to go from no fruit to some fruit, how to go from some fruit to more fruit. And that's what I believe the Lord wants us to do. I can tell you this, what keeps me up at night, one, it's, it's thinking of lost people. But secondly, it's thinking of people who are just comfortable with just being saved and going to heaven and just, just kind of coasting until they get there. I want us as a church to bear good fruit. Amen. I want us to push heavenward onto Jesus. I want us to find out what he wants us to do this year in our lives personally, in our, in our families, in our businesses. I wrote this down. There's, there's churches declining all across the world. Did you all know this? Churches are on a historical rate on a fast decline. Do you know why they are declining? It's because there are no fruit followers, disciples, who aren't producing fruit in their life that are trying to re- reproduce what they are, which is no fruit. And do you all know what the end result of that is? It's a dying church. It's people leaving the things of God. It's people leaving the faith. It's, and then you've got the world looking in and saying, I don't want to be a part of that. There's nothing good a, about that. We've got to dig deep this year into the things of God. During this series, I think that some of you are going to make some big decisions. And I was reading about a sequoia tree in uh, Yosemite. Some of you call it Yosemite. Um, <laughs> I was reading in front of a bunch of people one time. I said, y'all's might made a fool of myself. So it's y'all's might, all right? And uh, this, this tree, it's been standing for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it fell over, and they brought in all these people to figure out why did it fall. It wasn't the weather. It wasn't insects. It wasn't any of the things they thought it would be. It was because of foot traffic, people walking over the root system, and eventually this tree fell to the ground, and so what they ended up doing is they built fences around a lot of these big sequoia trees to protect the roots. I want to tell you today as we get ready to close, you need to protect your roots. You don't need to let the world and things of life trample over your relationship with God. That needs to be on the forefront of everything that you do. If you would, across the room, would you stand to your feet? I want to read a verse over you. Samson, anybody know of Samson in the Bible? The guy that had the long hair, I would assume he had a mullet. Um, And he he made a vow before God that he wouldn't touch a few things. And he he ends up doing this. He broke his vow before God. And, And some of you know the story. He ends up cutting his hair, okay? 
He loses his strength. This is a guy, the Lord would come on to him and, 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 and he would just move in power and in strength. And it says that the spirit of the Lord left him and he didn't even know it. That's one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me. That the spirit of God can leave me and I don't even know it. And I still think that I'm in the middle of his will. Can I tell you today, God is wanting to shake some people and wake you up. This ain't the time to play church, baby. This ain't the time to smile and everything's great. It's time to dig deep, plant our roots in Jesus and lead people towards him. This, this guy, Samson, he ends up getting his eyes gouged out. I don't mean to be graphic, but they did everything but, but cut the roots all the way to the roots. And so y'all know what happened is his hair grew back. And he ends up becoming stronger than he was before. Why? Because he still had his roots. Let me ask you do, you, do you have your roots? Some of you have been cut back in this last year. Maybe all, think all the way back to COVID. Think before that. Some of you have lost some things. Some of you have had some pruning that's been happening. Some of you here today, you may have never put faith in Jesus, and today is your day to get connected to the vine. And it's the best decision you could ever make. Wherever you're at, whatever camp you're in, whether it's no fruit, some fruit, more fruit, I believe God wants every person to take a step today. 